and welcome to the edition podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Henry. We've got a story that's been rumbling on for a while and it pertains to the Late Late Show. No, not James Corden. We're not going across the Atlantic, but we're going across the Irish Sea to deal with the national broadcaster, the public broadcaster, RT, and there was only one person I could get to discuss this quite bizarre scandal. Adrian Weckler, who's the tech editor from the Irish Independent. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Thanks, Charlotte. Where on earth do we start with this? Like, the TLDR version is Ryan Turbridi, who is basically the biggest star in the country, right? Biggest TV star going, uh, has been found that his already very significant salary from RTE, which is part publicly funded, part commercially funded, was not quite, was even higher than the public was led to believe. And there's been all sorts of other things. And the phrase slush fund is going around. Yeah. So why don't we break that down? Because there's a lot going on. Yeah. So the basic uh, TLDR story is that RTE is a little bit like the BBC. It's Ireland's national broadcaster, except it also has ads. So there's a, we pay a license fee in Ireland, um, 160 euro a year. And that funds about half of RTE's operation than commercial operations like ads from the rest of it. Now, we have, like you have in BBC, a number of high profile presenters and our version of, you know, Gary Lineker. Yeah, or, Gary Lineker was I, I the would, comparison I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I would have said Hugh Edwards a few weeks ago, but we won't we won't leave that comparison. But our version of uh, those high profile, highly paid presenters earning mega books would be we'd have a list of about nine or ten of them. And for a country as small as Ireland, five million people, they do earn a lot of money. So the the, the last person on that list would earn about, you know, maybe high 200s. OK, yeah, in terms of the salary, Ryan Tuberty at one point was earning about 800,000 euro. He's now earning, he took pay cuts. He's claimed when uh, the recession hit and then when COVID hit to bring him down under 500,000 euro. But what has transpired is that the accounting was a little bit iffy and that a huge portion of his, of the, the money that he eventually got from RTE was additional to his salary and was based on a commercial deal that Orti had done with Renault, the car manufacturer, and it was all put through what they call a barter fund. Now, a a barter account in the advertising world is a kind of, it's a thing that ad companies and media marketing agencies use. It's mainly used for unsold ad inventory. Anyway, they decided they would sort of get around some of the reporting duties because we published the list of the top 10 earners. Just like like the BBC did. Yes, exactly. And uh, it turned out that Ryan Tuberty was getting hundreds of thousands uh, of euro, uh, at least 125,000 euro, probably more, through this arrangement with uh, with Renault. And this has sparked a massive controversy, and it has kicked off all sorts of um, debates and discussions yeah. about what a public sector broadcaster should be, and are the the top presenters too well paid, and particularly in Ireland. You know, if you just were to tell somebody like Ryan Tuberty, well, actually, we're not going to pay you, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand euros. We're going to pay you three hundred thousand euros. And we're going to see whether you will actually walk anywhere else because there's, there's no other company in Ireland that could afford to pay him that. Um, so it, it's quite a mess. And all sides are claiming that they have acted in good faith and have, have acted by the book. So this has led to 
parliamentary committees, which became the most watched. Yes, I want to get onto that because it sounded a bit like they became football matches that people were tuning in for event TV. But let's—I mean, you could have—you literally could have sold pay-per-view tickets for this. <laughs> the whole country stopped to watch right. or listen to, this, particularly when Ryan Tuberty himself. So the the star moment. Was, there were several was. of these committee debates and executives from RT and everybody was transfixed and there were like dramatic moments and there were big twists. Um, but the, the, the huge moment came when Ryan Tuberty himself and his agent, a man called Noel, Noel Kelly. Who, who as I understand, it's, sorry, he is the like big wig Bengali. of, so of he, Irish he would, entertainment, right? Yes. So he would represent many of the biggest earners he would be regarded as a very influential very successful um very talented and skilled negotiator on behalf of the top talent and the two of them appeared uh in front of the parliamentary committee and everybody was just (laughs) transfixed and and i mean there were there were some cringy moments in it there were some sort of jaw-dropping moments in it um and anyway, it, 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 we, 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 we learned a little bit more, but not much more. So the state of play right now is there is a report being finalized by RT, which hopes to be sort of the final say on it. And in the meantime, RT, or, or Ryan Tuberty has essentially been let go from RT. He says he does not have a job right now. He's or, not been on air, has he? He has not so, been on air. Let's break it out because there's so much in this story. Yep. It's, com- uh, it's completely balmy as I've been looking into mm-hmm. it. So... Ryan Tuberty was officially paid 440,000 euro. That's about 375,500 pounds. That's what his official in that list you spoke about. That's what his salary was listed as. Now, there was this other payment of 345,000 euros, which is about Mm -hmm. 295,000 pounds. That took place between 2017 and 2022, according to a very good explainer article by Sky News. So Mm -hmm. if you add all that up, that's not the kind of pay cut he was talking about making. And no. you referred to the quite rightly to this deal with Renault. Mm-hmm. And what's significant about that is not only was he getting paid initially by Renault as a commercial deal, mm-hmm. uh, RT underwrote that deal, right? Exactly. Once the, so, so the it big, wasn't renewed after first, the first yeah, year of a three-year no. deal. And so, then RT decided to pay it anyway. So the right. big, I suppose, where this has caught the public imagination is that Ryan Tuberty and his agent are claiming that the additional 340 odd thousand euro that were paid was just a commercial gig. It, it's just like doing an ad for Walker's Crisps that he might do, right? Whereas... Very good, well to, done. To the public, what they saw was RTE and Ryan Tuberty going behind the backs of public accountability and taking an already by peer standards, obscene salary and fluffing it up with hundreds of thousands of euro, which RTE themselves guaranteed to the presenter to Ryan Tuberty, even when Renault backed out of the deal. So it would be like the BBC stepping in to pay the remainder of Walker's contractual fees to Gary Lineker if Gary Lineker, if, if, if Walkers had to decide, yeah, do you know what, Gary, you know that option we had on the second and third year for, you know, our relationship, we're not going to take it. But you know what, we did a side deal with the BBC, so they're going to pay the rest of it. Yeah, it's a slightly different thing because, of course, the BBC 
the UK, there are international commercial elements to yes. the BBC. Less we, BBC isn't as commercial uh, yet. So, so, and, and this is another element of this story. And this is where I think the story is going to go in the next year. It, the question is going to be, what is RT? What is a public service broadcaster? Can it ever be divided between publicly funded straight and commercial income, you know, topped up by commercial income? The minute that you introduce ads and commercial managers and uh, taking care of clients and bringing them places and bringing them to Champions League matches or Rugby World Cup and all of that sort of stuff. The minute you introduce that, you are into a different tone and style and modus operandi to the one yeah. that typifies um, public service broadcasting. And yes. we had some really juicy tidbits as to exactly how far that went as well. Yes, because it wasn't just about the payments to one superstar presenter. Um, in these parliamentary committees that you referred to, they found 138,000 euro payments on Irish rugby tickets, mm -hmm. yep. uh, a very nice 111,000 pound euro on the trips to watch the rugby in Japan in 2019 yep. at the World Cup. They're very nice too. Uh, mm -hmm. There was also a 26,000 euro payment uh, to a football match in Spain that you and I won't be talking about. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And this is the one that this is the one i can that, still hear the pain in your voice there Charlotte, we don't need anyway. to talk about it and it was yeah. never handball um mm -hmm. but we can talk the one thing we can talk about was that this is the one that caught my eye actually five thousand euro on 200 pairs of havana flip-flops for a party there was mm -hmm. obviously there were concert tickets and stuff i mean and again the the point about this is it is not as i understand please correct me if i'm wrong this was the stuff that was kind of hidden in these barter accounts yeah so it wasn't publicly available to the people that fund at least half of RTE, mm -hmm. i.e. the Irish public and their license fee. That's that's right. Um, well, well, that's not 100% right. So some of the things you mentioned there would have been accounted for, not from the barter accounts, but just in the commercial accounts of the the of RTE. And, and because there's so much scrutiny, they've had to go absolutely you know, penetratively down into those accounts to reveal what they were. Now, to, in Ortiz's defence, the flip-flops and the Rugby World Cup and all those things, they're all really juicy details for, for a public which may not be aware of how the marketing and ad industry works. What RT will say in their defence, and there is some legitimacy to this, is that the cost of those sort of jollies, if you like, generated a hundredfold uh, income. So their argument would be, look, we are trying to schmooze Unilever and Aldi and Ford and Volkswagen and Renault. And these are companies that end up spending, in some cases, millions of euro per year or you know per two year period. And yes, we do sometimes take them with and with corporate hospitality because the way that advertising deals get landed are often done that way. So uh, that's what they would say about uh, that. Okay? And would they also argue that the better commercial deals you have, the lower they can keep the license fee? Or am I being too generous? Well, they would say that the the the, the less pressure comes on requests to raise the license fee. Right. So again, this is where I think this whole discussion is going. The question will be, you know, um, should the license fee be abolished? Should it should RT be funded directly from the government via a kind of an index linked just fund? Um, should that mean that some of the shows that RT put on 
you know, think we, we have shows like Dancing with the Stars and like we, we have the same kind of entertainment shows that you guys have. Um, like the BBC. You know, dance, yeah, like the BBC, Dancing on Eyes or whatever. And they're very successful and they attract very big sponsors sure. and they make a lot of money. What doesn't make money is a lot of regional reporting or, you know, um, Irish language reporting. And like RTE maintains an Irish language radio station, Irish being Gaelic. And, yep. and a television station, okay, with all of that that, that that implies, that's all funded from the same pot of money, largely. So the question then is... And presumably it's not that cut? commercially viable, not a Gaelic radio There's station. No, 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 no. None of that is commercially viable. And I mean, you would also say that the way that sometimes uh, a station like the BBC or RT reports a big story with the resources, with the extra reporters, the extra sub-editors, the extra stuff to, to check whether stuff is accurate and, and measured and whether mm -hmm. the tone, all of that stuff is probably above and beyond what is actually commercially viable in terms of the market for news. So the, the you know, the argument I suppose is, is going to move into what do we want down the line from our public service broadcaster. But for the moment, it is a giant shit show. Giant. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like as you read through it, because I think, the key point I want to come to, having outlined all the controversy, is in contrast to what looks like very elaborate spending, it looks like there were also very tough cuts and restrictions mm. on RT newsroom staff at, who were trying to get the work done. There's examples mm -hmm. in some of the articles I've read about TV remote controls not being replaced, not because people couldn't afford them. Yeah. Uh, and a very elusive, uh, high-profile Westminster reporter. The mm. office in Westminster was was closed. Yeah, and, and that's the, true. And the correspondent no, no, there, Fiona so, Mitchell, had to report on Brexit yeah. with all its effects on Ireland from mm. cafe toilets. Yeah, yeah. So that all of that is true. Now, again, there is context there, and uh, it's not my place to defend RT, but I would sure. say. I would say that um, in Ireland, in the media industry in Ireland, I work for the biggest private sector publisher, which is called yeah. the Irish Independent, the, the Sunday Independent, and we have a number of other properties. RTE, compared to like our office and the resources we have, RTE is still very well. It's, it's pretty plush, okay? It's probably a little bit like the BBC compared to going into, you know, like Virgin Radio or something like it's 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 a higher standard in terms of what you get. So, yes, the, the cuts and all of those things have been pointed out and um, they still have it a lot better off than most of us. I mean, most journalists in Ireland would tell you that the, you know, the goal would be to get into RTE. Um, sure. And then once you're in, it's actually quite hard to be fired there as well. So my experience, because I do a lot of RT, I actually do quite a lot of broadcasting in there and I go in and I would have friends in there and family of mine have worked in there. So I know the scene uh, quite well in there. Um, and it's a the atmosphere is a little bit like kind of, there's a little bit of entitlement as well okay. um, uh, in there. So, so, but you are right. Um, they have ended up making making some cuts at the time at the same time as paying people like Ryan Tuberty, the kind of money which his agent would have argued, well, if you, this is what the market's worth, this is what advertisers come in and pay his show. But they never call the bluff of any of them. They never say, OK, well, if that's your argument, we are unprepared to meet that. We'll pay him 100 grand less 
And we're prepared to see if your client can get a better offer elsewhere because there is no better offer, in, certainly not in Ireland. People like Ryan Turberty always dangle the BBC and they say, oh, you know, uh, because he, he occasionally gets like a, a six-week filler gig in the BBC. But I mean, you know, you, there's a lot of resentment over what is seen as being too soft on a small number of very high-paid presenters. And, and not just because they're making lots of money, because it's okay to make lots of money. It's because the market, it's artificial. The market doesn't really support it. Right. Because it's just, a, by definition, a small market. It's a very, I mean, you're talking five million people. I mean, it's the size of Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. And so would you say talking to uh, your friends, colleagues, peers mm. within RTE, that their morale has been affected by this, whether you think oh, yeah. that is okay. It, def it definitely has um, because they, they, they never liked the big salaries anyway, but they sort of grudgingly accepted it. Now, when they hear that management has been bending over backwards to get around the public accountability rules, you know, and operating barter accounts, which it is not inaccurate to call it a, a slush fund of a legal, a legal, Slush fund. Well, that is it's the language that in any article you read about this, that is the language that's used. Well, be, well, because it's not inaccurate, you know, and for someone in RTE, a regular researcher or an editor or a producer, then to read that so much money is being fun, so much extra money. There's a bad feeling about Ryan Tuberty and the other and the other presenters getting it because it's just a feeling of greed, you know. Now, Ryan Tuberty would say, I'm sure in his defense, look. I'm a contractor here. They don't have me as staff. The top, the top people, they're none of them are staff. They can which be is the cut. same as the, which is the same as the BBC. They can be cut. So my, one of my best friends is a guy, is a guy who was he had a primetime uh, radio show uh, in the morning uh, from seven to nine a.m. and at the same time presented the the biggest kids TV show in the country. Right, this was about fifteen years ago a star okay and he did it for a year and a half and they just cut him they just cut him so he went from being a star earning very good money to just and then he just kind of had to scrabble around in in kind of local radio stations and you know he's, he was a talented guy he is a talented guy but that's the radio business that's the broadcasting business it is ruthless so the ryan toberties would say yeah I, I took my chances. I maxed. I maxed out what I could earn. But that's you know I've you know like like Jordan Henderson going to Saudi Arabia. You know he, he we won't start which was which is a whole other thing. But some of those players who are going to Saudi Arabia would say I'd say maybe someone like Ruben Neves maybe is a better example. <laughs> who say well you well, know let's explain for my American listeners <laughs> who Ruben Neves is. Yeah. So a uh, midfield player for a kind of wolf. Wolverhampton Wanderers, wasn't he? Like yeah, he, he, he would be just below a top tier player, but he's offered like tens of millions of pounds, to, which he will never multiples make. multiples of his current salary. Multiples. And, you know, maybe he does that for two or three years and then maybe he decides he comes back to your... Anyway, it, it, for someone like him, it's kind of life-changing money. So maybe Ryan Turberty might argue that. Look, I just, I literally need to secure what I can now. But I'm being very kind to Ryan Tuberty because Ryan, I, I'm not a massive fan of Ryan Tuberty. Ryan Tuberty claimed uh, that I drove him off Twitter. He claimed, but you're that. such a pleasant person to interact yes, with, Adrian. I find I this think so. I find I this think hard so. to believe. I, I mean, I, 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 I used to be no. I used to have a slightly more acerbic tongue on Twitter. Not, never unfair, I thought, but 
certainly more challenging. And I've kind of leveled that off just as I've got older. But he claims that there was something that I wrote, apparently. It was a tweet that I wrote that he claims made him quit Twitter or was a contributory factor in quitting Twitter. I've just realised I'm... Having, I think I've been on RT. I think I spent a general election night 2019 with RT. I oh. had to triple check, but I spent, had a very yeah. nice but cold um, time in a tent on College Green with the RT team as we covered everything. And there you go. Well, so so we both, before I finish my claim to fame, my tenuous Ryan Tuberty claim to fame <laughs> uh, connection, um, I'll, the last thing I say, I am sometimes mistaken physically for Ryan Tuberty on the street. So I've had pictures of I've, him. I've had people come up to me and say, um, and, and kind of nod or say something, "Hi Ryan" or, or that kind of stuff. In the last few weeks, you ever signed autographs on his behalf? <laughs> in the last few weeks, and I'm deadly serious about this. Mm-hmm. As I walked around in the evening in my neighbourhood, I have had pitying and knowing and sympathising looks from one or two passersby. And that's not anything to do with you. You think it's because of your slight oh, lookalike. Oh, because they Yes. <laughs> There's a jacket I have that makes me look a little bit more rakish and a little that's thinner. so funny. Anyway, we're, we're almost the same age as well. But what I'm trying to get um, it's kind of unpacked for both me and listeners mm. is quite why this was such a big story. Because normally television presenter get pays a lot of money is not that mm-hmm. big a story television presenter gets paid a lot of money on a public station is a bit of a story but everyone tends to move mm-hmm. on now this didn't get moved people did not move on very quickly from this oh, no. from what i understand there was as you said these blockbuster hearings that were mm-hmm. weeks later there was all sorts of recriminations with the new leadership at rt apologizing mm-hmm. for letting it drag on so long I mean, this, yes. there was NUJ, uh, National Union of Journalists, yes. protests outside the newsroom. This wasn't mm-hmm. this wasn't even like the Gary Lineker weekend where the whole bit of BBC Sport collapsed because there was a row with Gary Lineker. This yeah. was weeks, which, which was a significant story in its own right. To be it was fair, huge. But, yeah, but this this went on for much longer for a couple of reasons. First of all because all parties involved sort of feigned innocence and good faith. So that then gave the story legs and legs. So there was intrigue. And it it meant that newspapers like my own were able to unearth new facts every couple of days. And they would then be uh, interrogated in the parliamentary committee. Which in journalism, we always know is the most dangerous thing. Oh, absolutely. With the Lineker thing, it was over really in a few days because they realized in their good sense, look, we actually have to just resolve this. And they did. With this one, um, it's still it's still unresolved. It's still going on. Um, and then there's this tectonic thing in Ireland. You have to understand it's a little bit more than in England. There's this whole thing about, you know, a golden circle, a, 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 a sort of a, a bunch of people at the top that are kind of, you know, profiting when the rest of us are all, you know, toiling. And there's a traditional Irish thing as well of begrudgery. We, we, we don't really like people to be too successful anyway. We kind of like to hack them down at the knees. And I think this, that's quite this, a British trait as well. Yeah, well, it certainly is an Irish one. And, and it, this is just too tempting on all of those. So, so all of those things coming together. And a genuine quasi-scandal as well, because it's public money. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting exercise in transparency, but forced transparency. 
Um, and you're talking about a guy who was at one point kind of the most beloved broadcaster. There's a show that The Late Late Show does once a year called The Late Late Toy Show. OK, and it's watched all over the world. I mean, it's 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 kind of half pantomime, half sort of um, community service. They'll bring a lot of disadvantage and vulnerable kind of group. It, it, it's a very warm, lovely thing. It's sure. a very, very nice thing. And, and everybody in Ireland watches it. And for the guy who's running is to really have been just coining it. You know, and, and, and Ryan Tuberty as well, he kept going on about, you know, we're all in this together and it's really hard and really tough. And well, this, this is all during COVID and everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, he, he he's Mr. High Moral Horse. There was one cringing moment during the during the parliamentary hearings where he somebody kept asked him about his salary and he, he lost his temper and he he was banging the table and he said, Look, just because, just because I've, I've, or, you know, I might earn a lot of money, it doesn't mean I don't have a soul. I mean, he was right out of Alan Partridge's oh, finest, dear. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, now, these look, things I'm, are always difficult, but it feels particularly yeah. difficult at the moment, given the financial circumstances so many people find themselves in. I don't particularly resent people that work hard and earn a lot of money, but mm. there is obviously the point you made about an exercise in transparency really is important i think we're going to see more and more and more of this on all kinds of public broadcasters mm. and there isn't much of an equivalent i don't think npr is really an appropriate equivalent not at all of the, no, of no, the no, bbc no. and rt and the the bbc and rt are in a in a much more centrifugal position in our society yeah. you and i've talked about this before it's i personally i think they're very important i Agreed. think they are literally an unbelievably strong cultural defense against extremism and they encourage community yeah. and solidarity and all of those things. And I don't care what the people on the fringes and the left and the right say, and oh, the BBC is just a bunch of right wing and the BBC is just a bunch of communists. They're wrong. They're wrong. I agree with you entirely. Yeah. And I, well, I've, Happy to say every week, I always say that the BBC is the best subscription service I pay for every year, my BBC oh. license fee. Oh my God. Yeah. If you look at what you get for Completely. it. But Scandals like this do bring public service broadcasting yes. right into focus. I think that's the mm -hmm. point, whether it's whenever you see Gary Lineker's scandal or the Hugh Edwards saga of a couple of weeks ago, which mm -hmm. will obviously return at some point, yep. or this, it puts the focus so firmly on mm -hmm. public service broadcasting and it allows people who want to hack it away to do yep. so. I think that's what's important about all of these things. It's why I was so keen to get you on. But I guess mm -hmm. as we finish up, I want to ask you, where are we now? We've had these explosive parliamentary hearings yep. with the super agent and the superstar and the new uh, head of RTE was there, wasn't mm -hmm. he as well? He's been a uh, off command. Yes, BBC, that's right, Kevin he? Backhurst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, significant players turning mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Where do we go so, next? So there were one or two uh, things. The figures for the payment of license fees but so the you actually walk into a, a post office and you'll hand over your money or you can buy it online it's 160 euro they're down 20 percent for this compared to the same time last year and that's a direct result of what's going on so and is it like the uk where you can literally have someone knock on your door if they oh, yeah. it's found that you're yes. not paying your license fee they run ads um saying you know tv license and um, so so that that is one consequence and that's going to have to be dealt with. I mean, personally, I kind of think that we might have gone beyond the stage of a license fee 
itself anyway, because there's a lot of problems with that way of funding uh, the service and um, uh, not paying. There's the increasing number of people who don't pay. Younger people would say it's r- ridiculous. I, you know, I don't need to pay. Um, so, but where we're at with the story is that there will be a an, another report from RTE, which hopefully will be the definitive one on number one, whether Ryan Tuberty comes back on the air. That's a live question. He's not on the air at the moment, is he? He's not on the air at the moment. Um, Both radio and television. Radio and and television. Now, his main gig is is radio now. He actually gave up the Late Late Show Mm. um, a few months ago in a completely unrelated, um, for completely unrelated reasons. So will he come back on air? What, who is accountable for the barter accounts ultimately was everyone um being completely truthful about what they said the now departed director general d forbes who uh was was suspended during this whole controversy yeah. and who then uh, essentially stepped down um, yeah i was gonna say might any more heads roll because of this it's possible. I, I think it's unlikely, though. Okay. And I think we'll be left in a slightly unsatisfactory position where the new DG who has come in, the new director general, will say, right, we're never going to do things like this anymore. And we're going to set up this committee. And from now on, we're going to publish this tale. And from now on, and all that kind of stuff. And I think they'll sort of hope that, that will do it. And it probably will. The big question is whether Ryan Turbody will get back on the air. Well, I'm so grateful that we've had a chance to really dig into this because it's an extraordinary story. I'll include some links to the show notes as well to make sure um, you can read it all and trying to get into all the details because it, it really is quite an extraordinary story. So thank you so much, Adrian, for joining me to discuss it all. Um, where can people keep up with your normal beat, which is tech? Yeah, so the uh, Irish Independent, independent.ie. You'll also catch me on Twitter as at Adrian Wecker or X, sorry, at Adrian Wecker. <laughs> And then you'll also catch me on threads at well, Adrian hey. Weckler. Yes. Um, I'm at Charlotte A. Henry across most of social media or at Charlotte A. Henry on TikTok. And there's an addition YouTube channel as well. And of course, you can sign up to this newsletter directly if you haven't already. Award-winning newsletter, if you don't mind. Yes, newsletter- I meant to say congratulations. Thank I saw you. that. Yes. So newsletter News dot- Cross the sea. Exactly newsletter.theedition.net for that or just head over to theedition.com and you can get everything there adrian thank you so much once again for joining me and i'll see you all next week 